show because um, I think I think I myself decided uh, what's from the from my authoritative position that uh, we are now going to alternate our shows and do them biweekly, and I think that makes a lot more sense than trying to cram them in. Sometimes two of them, you know, sometimes one of them. I think I think this is a lot more uh, reasonable for us per se. Uh, I don't know about you, Nikita. <laughs> I think I think it works out. And just for anybody wondering, biweekly in this case actually means every other week and not every uh, two times a week. Because I know Ooh, that there isn't whoa. actually, from what I understand, there's like a lot of debate on what, when you say like bi-yearly or bi-monthly, what it exactly means. And I think both ways somehow end up being correct. Okay, so bi-monthly definitely means twice a month. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure when somebody says but, bye but and then it's bi-weekly, but bi-weekly means two weeks. Okay. All right. I still, <laughs> I still think the verdict's out, but I, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this much. That definitely bi-weekly seems like two weeks because that's how most pay structures work, right? So that's true. That's fair. Yeah, I think I, I think that's that. that's it's more it's more something we'll use in everyday conversation. So by that definition, I think biweekly, most people would assume that it's like like payment. Um, yeah. Uh, where were we going with this? But you know, but you know what's not biweekly is this artifact news, which is coming to us <laughs> weekly now, which is wow. crazy. There's, I brought it all back. Brought it all back. It's an artifact podcast. Uh, yeah, we got, we got artifact news. Uh, we've just been getting consistently. They've been revealing bits and pieces of the rule set. Uh, we actually have a pretty good, and they've been revealing cards alongside as well. We actually have at this point, and we'll get into uh, what the stuff is, but we have a pretty good idea of how the game's going to look at this point. All we have left, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, is just like how the shopping phase works. And I think mm-hmm. after that, it's just like, I don't know, card sizes, hand sizes and deck sizes and all that kind of stuff. And that, I mean, that's the whole game. So I think, I don't know, I'm hoping that this next episode that we do after this one in uh, two weeks, maybe we'll be, maybe we'll be talking about beta release or something like that. I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I hope so. I'm, I'm definitely at a point where like, like the, the artifact itch is there, but like, I don't, I'm not quite like oh I don't I don't quite want to play the old game knowing that the new game's like just around the corner, so I'm just like waiting and then I think when it comes out I'll play a bunch. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm I'm taking it. I'm feeling a very familiar that sort of like hype cycle from when the game was first announced and when we were getting our <laughs> first sort of like leak of mechanics. It's the sort of sort of like people are like oh the, the the implications of this and oh it's like it's so although I guess now the big discussion that a lot of people are having is which I mean we we can have this a little bit later after we talk about the rule set is uh was one point one broken rules wise which I think we've we've probably mm-hmm. talked about as well um but like a slack had a funny uh twitch clip recently where he was talking about where he was like i enjoyed it and i really liked it and i told valve that it was really fun a lot of us told valve that it was really fun but maybe we were just wrong maybe that was just incorrect because the the majority of the audience didn't really enjoy the gameplay i guess so you know are are you wrong for liking the current version or i I don't know i mean i think that's a that's probably a bigger discussion i i think i think well this is always like this is always a discussion between attractive and casual and the like more competitive audience. But in general, I'll say um, it's I don't think it's wrong. Like this game definitely for those that wanted wanted that like very complicated taxing like 
mentally taxing game like it 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 was it definitely fulfilled that but i think um it is it's both the greatest strength and greatest weakness uh mm-hmm. that like i the reason i enjoyed it so much is because like every game i go in i'm like oh my god this is so complex um but at the same time like someone new it's just how do you get new people in you know like because yeah. I, th- I think if we take games that are vastly more complex in general right um games like uh starcraft or or like dota they they're very complex but anyone can kind of like pick it up and do like understand what's going on and and do a couple of the basic things really quickly right Mm. and i don't think artifact quite has that you know it does you are you talking about i guess uh easy to pick up hard to master yeah yeah exactly exactly like i think it's just it's a hard to master and hard to pick up, but I think more than I think visually, if you see the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, how how did a lot of people? So because I'm on the Rock Rock League podcast, and I know a lot of people watch League of Legends streamers play Rocket League, and that's what how they got interested in the game, right? Yeah. So um, they're like, oh, this is like so interesting. But <clears throat> how do we have that for Artifact? Because I think a lot of people will look at the game and be very, um, just like overloaded and with information, right? I think that gets uh, just just to jump in. I think it gets into like a discussion we had earlier about like uh, like spectator sports and like which stuff is that sort of what you're talking about? Like what does it makes a good spectator sport? Nothing like this is because yeah, we we've definitely approached this from a spectator perspective, but I think more than anything from getting new people in and getting people be people like I I know there's sixty thousand and like who remained and remained but i think you could have had a much larger audience if when people first see the game they don't feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. um because i think that's to get like to get hooked you first need to like see the game and be like oh i really want to play this um but before i actually play the game like i i watched the uh beyond the summit tournament right yeah i'm like there i'm like there's no way to really enjoy but also get really hyped about this game when i have no idea what's going on before i play it i I was going to bring up that exact same point because that that was that was a lot of people call it like the big turning point of uh original artifact within the uh, through the eyes of the public perception is that you know people didn't know what the game was this was the first public unveiling of the game and the casters you could probably blame the casters. i think the casters admitted fault at this just uh, they didn't really cast it in a way that was understandable to people that didn't already know the rules and have been following or playing the game for a year. They just, you know, just had just terminology, just jargon. Just they were casting the game so like a lot of, out for like yeah. a year, something like that. They're casting, but it's like, and I don't think you necessarily have to dumb down cast per se. But I think I think knowing the audience that is watching for the first time, like. There's a million things to explain, right? Mm-hmm. So you can get more complex, but you need to start, especially at the beginning of every game, start with like explaining what exactly is going on, uh, dumbing it down as much as you can, just so people can actually appreciate what's going on before you kind of make it more complex. Or perhaps have your first public unveiling be some sort of high quality, uh, like rules overview video. Oh, 100%. Like high quality YouTube videos explaining everything, like yeah. everything, you know? <laughs> Yeah, sort yeah, sort of yeah, I think no, I agree and I think that'll be best. I don't know if that's pro I I honestly I still think I doubt they're going to do that something like that for uh this no, 2.0 version no, of Artifact. I so. But I mean, you know, the community does do that kind of stuff and I guess the 
the savvy consumer should really be looking up those kinds of videos instead of jumping into like i guess a tournament but i mean i guess people well, want to jump into the tournament because that's what's fun right well i think people want to see the tournament because they want to get a grasp of what the game's going to be right that's fair so I guess like right. i i'm no longer talking about the like view viewing capability of the game i'm talking about is someone going to see this and be like oh i want to get that game right um i think what this version has going for it is that people will go hey they've released a new version of artifact and like even get the core community people hyped about it and slowly you can build up as opposed to you know get a big splash and then it kind of dies down right um so i think they have their core audience and i think they're just going to try to build up from there uh you know unless unless they try to go for everyone in dota again and then it's like dota dota has its easy games to play when you're not playing dota (laughs) It's true. Yeah, there's a whole a whole system to, for people to design their own games within within Dota to build games. I mean, that's where Auto Chess. Well, came I was talking about more about like team fight tactics or oh, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, what's the Dota equivalent? Underlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess like on the topic of how exactly they're going to, I guess, build up or uh, I guess restart this this the the existing community. Um, and how it's going to tie into Dota, I guess let's just get into the first of the two uh, mechanics articles, starting off with Deployment Deep Dive, coming out, uh, coming out on April 13th. Um, so in it, they start off by mentioning uh, about the, the, they call it a deluge of emails um, that they got, more good news, high quality feedback. Uh, it's kind of interesting what, how, like, what kind of level of feedback they got, because again, we talked about this last, last episode, is like, what kind of feedback can you really expect from these slivers of uh, bits of rules that they're releasing because we don't really have a full picture yet. But mm-hmm. I mean, hey, feedback's feedback. So I'm probably ta- people talking about the economy and I guess all the stuff that they've already released. So probably useful for them. Um, and they mentioned that one of the first heavy RNG components that players faced was the initial board step or the flop as it used to be called. It would randomly deploy the first set of heroes and lane creeps. Uh, so here's how it changed. Uh, so the board layout, plenty to talk about here. It's still three lanes, but each lane has exactly five slots, and the slots have a fixed positioning. So this was a VNN rumor that ended up being correct, and I think we talked about last episode, and I think both of us agreed that this would be a good change. Well, 100%. Yeah. They're keeping the three lanes, but there there needs to be some way to to bring in the scope of the game. Um, I don't... Yeah, I never think... And I think it's actually, there's a strategic, I talked about this before as well. There's a strategic element to having less, like you might have to kill off some of your own creeps to, to put what you actually want to put on that lane at times. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there's, yeah. That's an added strategic element that wouldn't be there before. Yeah. Uh, and we, we have info on that at the end of the post, which we'll get into later, but um, so it's, it's exactly five slots. Um, and I guess the first major change that comes with this lane creep deployment before each round, a melee creep is deployed into the leftmost empty space in each lane um and the creeps are now one ones and i guess also to mention the tower health in this uh particular game mode that they're displaying uh every tower has 30 health which i guess makes sense because they're reducing the stats of everything like they said by i do like that the creeps are one one i'm just gonna say that right away that's good they were two four before right yes like the the creeps were as good or better than a lot of cards you play (laughs) 
That no, very true, very true. But I think that was supposed to be balanced by the fact that they were you weren't expected to always have them in a lane, and mm-hmm. they only uh, went into went into two lanes or or like whatever uh, the the amount that it was. But this, I think. Not only is it consistent, you're going to get a creep in every lane and you can expect that every round, but it's going to be in a location that you know where it's going to be. It's going to be in the leftmost empty space. So if you know, if you have that, meaning that if you have stuff there, it's going to go into the next leftmost space. And then assuming if the board is full, it's not, uh, it's not going to uh, get in there unless I uh, misunderstood the last part of the rules. Um, but I think, I don't know this whole like fixed board, uh, position thing I'm really excited about. Cause I know a lot of, uh, Japanese trading card games do this sort of position matters gameplay. Um, but I haven't personally played a lot of them. I, from what I understand, there actually <laughs> might be some sort of like rules. There, there's usually often rules, problems and design problems associated with that. But I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll experience it firsthand if there is, and I'm sure these guys have tested it enough so, to, if that's a problem. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, in Yu-Gi-Oh! it isn't that relevant. Um, but I know in Hearthstone it was. Like, positioning mattered, because there's different cards that had different effects as to where something was positioned on the board, or what was beside it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Yu-Gi-Oh! that was not really the case, uh, because you... In Yugo, you were free to attack whichever monster you wished, and then the like magic effects would go on top of it. And in Hearthstone, um, like if there's taunts, uh, you know what I mean. Like then, then you yeah. have to attack the taunt first. So because of that, that's already something. Uh, and then you have spells that will be like do 15 damage and three damage to the things beside it. So depending on how you set up your board earlier, right? Um, you could have let's just say if it's doing those three damage beside it, if you have uh, uh, cards that can survive the the three damage there, then you outplayed that card, shall we say, right? But if you have lower cost cards, then all of a sudden your board's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's that kind of positioning type stuff. Um, and, and for instance, there'd be units that in Hearthstone where they're in the middle uh, and they buff the two things beside it, right? Yeah. Uh, so playing around with the positioning will be like, which unit do you want to be buffed b- beside this middle unit? So, um, yeah, that's going to be definitely something to, to focus on to make sure that you kind of keep in mind. Yeah. And uh, similar. So just on that point, exactly, I guess, uh, to get into the next part, hero deployment, they talk about how you deploy heroes now um, mid lane first. Um, then the right lane relative to where you are and the left lane relative to where you are. And they show a suite of heroes as examples. And we actually have some new heroes and they have the exact same effects that you're talking about. So for example, Treant Protector uh, is now a 2-7 hero. His uh, continuous effect, Branches of Iron, is an aura and it reads, Treant Protector's allies up to two slots away in this lane have plus two armor. Um, So armor, uh, from what we now understand in the most recent mechanics uh, post, the way it works now is... um, it only applies. Uh, it only it only works the first time. As soon as armor is, I guess, uh, broken. So as soon as it reduces by whatever value it is once, it goes away. Um, hmm. So it's not just a permanent number reduction on every single hit, which is I think just kind of interesting. I think it's fair because in the previous game, you get to a point where like I can't do anything in this lane because like exactly, all those yeah. things are just not dying. Mm-hmm. Or or your <laughs> the best when you have armor on your. Uh um towers <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it did end up being overwhelming um the only thing that i don't know if it's uh covered this might have been covered uh 
uh, I don't I don't believe so. But if the it says two slots away, does that carry over into the next lane? Uh, potentially, I don't I don't actually. No, know. I I imagine I not. So. Okay, no. that seems fair to me. Um, two well, slots a tree enters allies up to two slots away in this lane. Have oh, there you go. All right, I should have yeah. just. RTFC. I should have just read the card. Uh, next up, Bounty Hunter. Uh, track reactive ability. Bounty Hunter deals plus three damage when attacking tracked heroes. Deploy track Bounty Hunter's target if it is a hero. Tracked units have plus five bounty. Um, you, you remember what Bounty Hunter did in the uh, in the Gold. previous iteration? Uh, yeah. Well, he he was the one that was famously the card. I think that when he first. Uh, was released before the action phase. There's a 50% chance to give Bounty Hunter plus four attack this round. So he oh, okay. would sometimes randomly just be a, an incredible threat and sometimes randomly, you know, I guess. What, I mean, what, just what, like what when you pay for a Bounty Hunter, you, you don't know what the results. <laughs> That's true. Hey, very flavorful. But I think a lot of people's problems were that it was uh, very inconsistent. And I guess another additional random element of the game that, I guess you can call it hard to play around. It's not necessarily hard to play around because you know that there's a 50% chance that it's going to happen. And so you should probably, I guess, plan for the worst. But I don't know. You can call that bad design, bad gameplay, or whatever you want. But I think a lot of people didn't like uh, those kinds of effects. Personally, I know what you're talking about. Artifact 1 is a perfect game, and there's no problems whatsoever. All right, fair enough. Hey, can't can't argue with that. Um, But now he does plus 3 damage when attacking tracked heroes. That works, I think, much better with his uh, theme of, you know, tracking, or I guess what he does in Dota, which is, you know, first he wants to track the hero first and then get it to get the increased bounty. Um, I Yeah, I, I think it's better. I think it's a cool card. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice. Yeah. Uh, moving along right to Bristleback. Uh, Bristleback is now a 4-5 red hero with uh, two abilities, the first being... I, a- I just want to say, are we going to talk about the, the way the hero deployment works? Uh, we 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 are, but I want that that's coming okay. after. Okay. Just no, I'm, just, I'm just making sure yeah. we didn't skip over it. Yeah, uh, Bristleback four five. His first ability, Bristleback reactive ability. When Bristleback takes damage outside of combat, reduce that damage to one. Then activate Quill Spray. Uh, Quill Spray is an active ability, active on a three turn cooldown and costing one mana. Deal one combat damage to adjacent enemies. I believe adjacent enemies is the same in this, where it's the enemy directly in front and the two enemies to the yep. diagonal right, diagonal left. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I think it's cool. Outside of combat damage, reduce uh, that damage to one. I think this I mean, is Bristleback would become oppressive at times in game before, right? So yes, yeah, I remember. So you do remember? I feel that. like a lot of these cards don't just have like you're gonna keep getting stronger and stronger. The um, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of these cards seem to imply that combat isn't perhaps as important as it I don't as it was before if it talks a lot about non-combat effects if I'm if I'm uh... well but my point is it feels like a lot of these abilities like do this one thing and then it's done as opposed to like build right because bristleback before if man it's been a while uh <laughs> they would get stronger and stronger if you survive damage I believe right yeah that's correct yeah um so that kind of like remember. abilities that would just like get out of hand i think it seems like they have left less of them from what we have so far yeah it's because I, I mean again that was another problem that people had it is that artifact just it wasn't ever increasing math problem so i guess this is a little bit more uh i guess interactive or reactive uh, than that uh next up timber saw i think this is the most fun one uh he is now a four one six red hero with active three on a three turn cooldown with one mana move timber saw up to five slots away deal one damage to each enemy passed on the way uh so that's the kind of thing that 
now. And I mean, we saw it with Murana's leap uh, two weeks ago, this sort of like static slot thing, you can enable a lot of granularity with like movement. You can be like one slot away, like this effect has like a range of three or something like that. And it's always going to be consistent and it, it makes you care about where you're placing your units and makes your enemy care about where you're placing your units, which I think I like people talk about, we, we've definitely talked about reducing the complexity. I think that's like, you could call it maybe more complex if not. If well, not okay. Like, but here's the big difference. I, what I like about this is it's okay. There's this one ability that now I have to play around. Let me play around it. Um, you know what the opponent heroes are. So over time, that'll be something that over time, like the better you get, the more you'll know it. What I really like about this is, like I'm gonna be honest, because we have the Legends of Terror podcast. There's times in Legends of Terror when I'm just literally playing what I can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there, there are more and less interesting decks, but but especially when I'm playing those less interesting decks, it's like it's very. I'm not thinking a lot at times. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're it's just fair. hoping that you get the cards that you want to get. And with cards like this, it's like, no, like you actually have to think about your placement. So you're not just... Um, the the worst feeling in card games is the inability to do anything and the, 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 the feeling of not having an effect on, the, on what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and a card like this has both of you interacting with it in a way that's kind of challenging. You know, like your minds are dueling a little bit, trying to figure out where to position, how to position. And I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the, like the implication is just like cards that uh, punish sp- putting units close together, cards that punish like spreading out units. Like it's just like so many different, there's so many well, different so Yeah, it'll depend on the heroes you're kind of facing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100% stuff to look forward to. So I guess let's get into the actual deployment phase. Uh, so like we mentioned before, it's still going to be uh, three heroes that you're deploying at the start of the game before the game starts itself. It's going to start in the mid lane, then it is going to move on to your right uh, right lane relative to you and the left lane, then the left lane relative to you. Um, and you're going to pick. So step one mid, both players choose one of their first three heroes. They can choose to deploy them in one of the three middle spots in the lane. The heroes and their deploy locations are simultaneously revealed. Um, so like this a lot. yeah, it's going to add, I guess, I guess it's going to add time to every game because it's going to, you're going to have to do this for every individual lane to I start mean, out with. Yeah. But you, you give, you give people like, you shouldn't have too much time. I feel you usually know what your first hero is going to be because it's going to be the hero that's most likely. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel in, like the first one, the first one is less relevant because it's kind of like a guessing game. That's true. And, <laughs> and in this the second and third one will be yeah more in this in this particular instance, they use Treant as an example. Treant's ability has says allies up to two slots away in this lane have plus two armor. So naturally, the place you want to put it is in the very middle slot because it'll have it affect um, the whole lane. But the I guess counterplay to that and what they use in the example is the enemy then puts their timber saw in the middle slot because they fully expect uh the treant to be going there so they want to deal with that threat immediately um Mm -hmm. so then you you know this is like i guess i guess artifact the artifact one had this also to to an extent but you can now like bluff it out so now the treant player could be like okay well he expects me to put it in the middle slot the minimalist lane maybe i'll put it maybe the meta now is to move it one slot to the right so then you don't uh uh, you don't have it die at the perp at the I guess yeah and, and all this gets you into I'm actually trying to mind game my opponent as opposed to you know I'm gonna throw my hands up you know where 
and and hope 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 that the random thing that happens at the beginning of the game is in my favor you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i it's a lot of i think and it's all it's a lot of uh like complexity but it's only complexity if you want to make it that complex for like the i guess you could say the the brain dead casual simpleton just put it in the middle slot totally well i'm just saying that you can do that and i don't think you know sometimes you won't be punished for it sometimes you will but i think most of the time you'll understand if you will or if you won't i'm saying you can play it either really smart you can be like the five head 200 iq artifact 1.0 player or you can be the the brain dead uh Go fish casual. play, yeah. Brain casual. That's that's Brain what's up. casual. I really like that. Can that be? Can that be the first rank in the game? Like you know when we do experience or whatever. Yeah, the- <laughs> everyone starts as a brain dead casual. If it says a brain dead casual, and the last the last ranked tier, the the masters in this game is the artifact one point uh, aficionado. Oh so- no! It should be like long hauler. That- <laughs> oh, the long hauler. Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be so many cosmetics related to long haul jokes. I hundred percent expect that. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, back, back to deployment. So that was the middle lane. We deploy the middle lane and step two, the off lane. So this is going to be the lane relative to the, uh, active players, right side. So for your opponent, they're going to be placing on the leftmost lane. And for you, you're going to be placing on the rightmost lane. Um, this is called the, uh, this is called the off lane. And this is basically a lane where you don't know what you're going to be facing up against because in the third, uh, in the third lane, your safe lane, or in this case, the left side of the lane, um, you know what, and the the opponent has already deployed their hero there because that's their off lane. Uh, gets a little, it's a little bit complicated because they decide to use the Dota terminologies, and like, I don't think everybody is mentally in. Ch- I don't like because because Dota has its relative to the dire or the radiant, whichever side you're on, your off lane and your safe lane are going to be in different positions, either the top of the map or the bottom of the map. Um, and in this case, it's very yeah. middle, I'm, right, and left. I'm going to be honest. I think it's a little overcomplicating it because the truth is as soon as you've done step two, step three's like almost automatic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, but basically the second step, you put it, you put your card in an empty lane and the third step, you're putting your card in a lane that the enemy has already deployed in. So you, you have full info and you have full confidence in, um, what they're going to be facing, you know, maybe you want to put them in front of their hero, or maybe you don't. You you basically have the um, have the info there, uh, and I believe in both of these. I, I believe in both of those last two lanes. You're allowed to put it anywhere in of the remaining four slots because obviously the minion is taking up the leftmost slot. Um, but I believe only in the mid lane you can only play it in the middle three, from what I understand or from what I'm reading. Um, but that's the that's the deploy phase. Basically, yeah, it's 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 I mean, all of the I guess all of the all of the RNG is is removed here. There isn't any sort of you know yeah. pick your th- pick your three heroes. You will have to I guess now pick the order um, when you're building a deck about where you want the uh, what what order. It's no longer just the first three heroes. It's now hero one, two, and three. But you get to, you get to, yeah there's 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 a lot of choice involved i think this is a great flop i didn't never actually had problems with the original flop i get people's frustrations with it um but i just saw it as another thing to play around and adapt to but what, what do I, you think I, of the flop system yeah i think this is fine honestly like it does give the player a little more control so like when they start the game it's like okay i i think one thing about the initial flop especially the first couple times you play the game 
was like there's a lot of information that just got hidden to me and by doing it this way you're like okay like i'm going step by step how this kind of starts and how this gets and as you get better obviously like i imagine in the beginning you the kind of like a preset that's like pretty standard or safe or whatever and you'll just do that Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you get more comfortable and want to experiment and be a little more risky, you can change it up. Um, I'd also like to say that I really like the way this whole page is uh, outlined, especially um, up to where that versus thing is. I think these kind of graphics, like a lot of, a lot more pictures, a lot less writing. And if it is the, writing, uh, make it bigger. The, the, I get, you're talking about the actual, uh, uh, I, I think, I guess like the, the way the information helpful. is structured itself. You cut out a little bit there. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It just information is structured really well. And I think more visuals that like are, are tied to individual things going on as well as uh, just bigger letters and just, I think for there needs to be stuff like this kind of when the game's released so people can like read over the rules set per se or or just like understand it a lot faster than uh you know before before they get the game shall we say because I think yeah, once I'm, you get the game you play a couple times you'll be fine. Yeah, I completely 100% agree cuz I mean yeah, th- this I guess like a new player coming into this that hasn't been following all of these random blog posts is going to be overburdened with like the entire suite. Although I guess I mean I would hope they would have like a very robust tutorial implemented. I mean, Artifacts well, yeah, you, okay. Your first tutorial step would be literally just this phase of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be like your mission your mission uh, deploy heroes or whatever and then it just explains that first step and then you're done that mission you get some experience next mission you know <laughs> yeah 100 100 percent. uh looking looking forward to seeing that i always like about well, me tutorials always seem to be really good the underlords one was especially fantastic um but yeah so that was the flop um you still hear deployment subsequent rounds you still get additional heroes to deploy in the second and third rounds plus any hero that returns from the fountain later deployments have no restrictions on where heroes can be deployed now additional placement rules so this is where the stuff of the slots or the position matter stuff really uh gets in here deploying a hero on top of another hero will bounce the old hero to deploy next turn so you can you can essentially replace heroes for free. If it's the hero that's deploying at the start of round and you want to get or save or get a hero, um, you know, out of, out of the lane, you can do that very easily. Now you just have to put the hero on top of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, This saw, I think this is trying to tackle the issue of uh, in, in artifact 1.0, a lot of people felt that the town portal scrolls were, like a very very essential item that you needed yeah, and to blink have daggers and it was just yeah. it was all about just we're just teleporting dude here <laughs> yeah like you needed to be able to get about and this is like a very free game mechanics way of doing it that makes sense where you're just like oh i put a hero on top of hero so that can't happen old one goes out new one goes in i i feel like this, that this allows the game to just keep playing and and while while there is some skill to forcing an opponent to, to overcommit to one thing, this this makes that not the be all end all of the game. Mm-hmm. Complete, okay, completely agreed. Uh, next up, deploying a hero on top of a creep will just will destroy the creep. Uh, another, I guess, another way to remove. You know, the, the basically yeah, if you're full, <laughs> you want it's it. Yeah, if you're full, um, and this. It, it's I think also makes sense gameplay wise because the hierarchy is like hero is better than creep. I think that should make sense to players as well. Um, when you play a creep card, you can choose the exact slot and lane to deploy it into. So no longer has to be 
uh, relative to the direct left or to the right, but I mean, they mentioned that at the start of the post. And playing a creep on top of a unit will destroy that unit. So basically, creeps replace creeps. So you never... I guess I guess this I guess this is trying to say that you're the random creeps that summoned are summoned every round they'll never uh, they'll never like take up slots they'll never take up space and you're like oh I wish I could just, you know I just need to like get it killed so I can like put the things that I want in there you can replace wait replace but this is playing a creep on top of a unit will destroy the unit so if you have I think unit in this case also means creep I'm hoping that. If you have a full lane, your creep isn't destroying your own units. I I'd assume that, yes. right? Yes, I believe. I think this is trying to. I don't know if uh, the well, see they, they might have changed the terminology because creep was every unit that was well, every unit every thing that was non-hero like with an attack and with a defense that was called a creep. Perhaps they're changing that to creep are the things that spawn every round units are uh no i think a creep card oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) i i this 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 makes sense if it's just like your your regular creatures shall we say if i yes for lack of a better turn if you're regular you play a regular creature on top of a unit it will destroy it that makes sense unit being any unit so that would include hero yeah so I imagine I, you could destroy your hero, but you wouldn't get that hero redeployed immediately next round, as opposed to if you put a hero on top of a hero. Potentially, yeah. Otherwise, I think. Well, I think basically. I don't want to speculate. You know, it's just fair. Um, I don't yeah, think. I did no creep, speculation last episode. I, I think the creeps. Now with all this, like already hard solid info that we have, we don't need to speculate anymore. Um, I don't think uh, the creeps that spawn every round. I don't think they'll ever kill one of your like. Oh, I hope so. You put it to the deck. You hope so. Oh, wouldn't that be a game? They, no. That that okay. The develop that that should not be the main game. But if you want to put a little arcade game that like goes comes in like once once a I don't know. There's like a special week, like a mm-hmm. like an like a mini game. That's like that's what I want. I want the creeps, creeps like uh, name it what you want, but just like creeps will destroy your units. That that's a like a maybe like a special event you can do every couple of months. That's true. Oh, they they could do like events where like the middle slot of every lane is locked out, so you only have the like twos on the sides or something like that. They could also do events like, uh, is it towers? Towers. I'm yeah. using towers, but I'm hoping this is right. Uh, the the towers only have one health. You know. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah. They could, they could also do one where like every the fourth slot in every lane is like an empowered slot and everything's on there is like plus three plus three or something like, I like that. It. So, but it, it'd have to be different on each side or else it'll just cancel. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's actually true. Uh, yeah. Um. But that's that's deployment. That's what deployment is. I think I just. I mean, this. I we we talked about it last week. We were like, if this is actually if the rumors are true, if this is how it goes, this is a great change. It actually ended up being true. I still think this is a great change. A lot of people, I guess, uh, I think the general reception was either they thought it was great or they thought they really enjoyed the unlimited board size. People kept people kept talking about, well, how does Kana going to work if every, every lane just gets creep? And it's like as if it's just not going to change at all. As if the card is going to remain exactly the same as if it was before, but. Uh, Listen, I really like the idea of Kana of just like a million little creatures, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, minions just all over there. 
but but no i you know what i i after like seeing all of this like it feels a lot more like a like a okay this is gonna sound really dumb when i say it like a card game but what i mean by that is like like a card game card game not like a trading card game do do you know what i'm trying to say like a uh like a board game card game or each like or or what do you mean no like cards like, like physical cards well because 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 of the way we're gonna be like swapping heroes in and out mm-hmm. where you're like playing them not not that okay this 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 is the worst analogy in the world but my yeah, point yeah, is here the the point is the point is that compared to like the other version of the game where it is like this own beast like because they're kind of like bringing everything in a little bit and because we're gonna be like playing creeps on top of units, I think like it's a little more like oh okay like let's play let's like let's throw stuff down and and as a I don't know I, I'm like I'm I'm getting speed vibes but that's maybe maybe just the five <laughs> I I like it feels more like a real I guess sort of similar to what you're feeling but probably in a different direction it feels more like a real life card game to me because I can maybe that's it maybe I can picture this about. on a table totally it's like oh 15 slots okay totally doable previously it was like okay well Kana plays Hounds of War and it's just like there's like 40 cards I'm like okay well I have to you can't you can't do that in real life that's too hard Yo, to I do. want the 15 card dual disc <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, hey, we can do it. It's manufacturable now. It's not, if it's not, I, I think it not being infinite, I don't, I think that's not only is that like a good thing for new players, I think for even experienced people, like I can look like this board, even these images that they've made for this post, like I can see Dude. the whole board in one go. VR. <laughs> they, okay. Well, they, there's, there's actually VR strings in the original Artifact 1.0. There was. We don't know well, if it may, was. But Artifact this makes, it would make sense with a 15 board. Like, it's actually doable. Like, you'd actually hold the cards and then you'd. <sighs> I, I, so I, I emailed Jeep Barnett, I think, uh, in like August of 20. 20- Every time you say you email someone, I feel like you're this important person. No, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, they don't just give everybody an email address, so it is, it is a little bit important. The internet um, but, is not just a series of tubes. Exactly. Uh, I emailed Jim Barnett about asking if they considered a VR thing because I actually, I actually think, and I've been like trying to champion this a lot. I've been trying to talk to like a lot of my game developer friends. I, I do think a good VR card game is like actually going to be huge because it's the most you have that seated experience because you're already sitting down usually and. I don't, it's did like that Yu-Gi-Oh fantasy, like how awesome there are a couple of VR card games out there, but I, none of them on none of them with like, I think a good enough IP or a level of polish polish of like a triple A developer to like really sell that fantasy. But, but I would but like, isn't that great? Cause like not only could you use the crazy visuals, but you could also um, like the wish, the uh, uh, Garfield, <laughs> Uh, the wish of having uh, it feel like you're playing. <laughs> oh, like at a store, at a real store. Yeah, Garfield totally gets his wish. I totally get that. <laughs> I mean, you could you could do it wherever you want. You could be on top of a mountain. You could be in a in a card game. So imagine going to a card game store. But uh, you could also be playing. Like you could have, and that'd be really cool because you'd have like one person that could be playing like the virtual one. And you can actually play on the normal one against them, right? Like it didn't. That's true. 
I, I also think like at a VR card game, you would see the person, like you would see their head move, you would see their hands move. It'd be their like, avatar, dude. They'd have oh, yeah, you could have them customize the avatar. Like it'd actually just be this really cool thing. You can like you do all these fancy hats and Exactly. They could do I mean they could do the exact same thing with Underlords also. I mean I think a lot a lot of like tabletop digital like sort of games you could turn into VR and have them, if you do it well enough the executions there would be really good. Obviously, this is like the most most niche you can get like a hardcore card game in VR is probably there's going to be like a total of I mean, five people that enjoy it, but I'm going to yeah. be, one. I'm going to be Half-Life one Alex. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's true. It was all, it was all a ploy just to, just to really, really, you know, make sure VR is ready for artifact. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. That's all Half-Life Alex was, is just the vehicle for, for, and there was the other thing that people always liked to be AR to fact, because Valve had their uh, AR initiative. I, I, I like the idea of AR, but it's like, you might as well just actually design the monsters in <laughs> Yeah, that's true. In the world that you're using, yeah, it's, yeah, it's about it's about on the same level. Um, but yeah, I no flop changes are good. I think slot changes are good. Uh, I guess I guess we could probably move move along to the uh, to the next week, which is actually I want to look at the additional notes. Tower health is dependent upon game mode. Is that a reference that there's going to be multiple main game modes, or is that just like we're going to have random arcade modes? I don't. I think they want us. I, I don't know what that's trying to imply. I don't know. If, I don't think they would put that there if it if it, there what if they didn't have just multiple game modes out of the gate planned. Because otherwise, why would they say something like that? It is a bit of a weird note. That's good though. No, no. It just means like it, I'd rather them have multiple game modes, honestly. Yeah. Because no, I, I guess that's true. It's it's at this point in a car game it's like get like well, we're, we talk about vr but like gimmicks and, and like stuff that's not um that's not typical that's different is what's going to draw people in right mm-hmm. i don't think you can just be like here's the base game i mean i think there will be a certain people amount of interested but if you're all like here's a mini version of the game that's like really just like easy five minute you know yeah, yeah, like a yeah, like a blitz version with like reduced health or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's the benefit of a digital card games. You can do that super easily. Mm-hmm. Do, um, yeah, uh, mechanics. So next up, April twentieth, we got another post talking about some of the game's mechanics. Sort of getting into, I think, rounding out basically this other post because a lot of people had a lot of questions about um, how stuff worked and how the turn structure worked. And now we have this in, uh, information here. Um, so first up, initiative. The initiative rules haven't changed much, but but the implications are different due to the round being shared across lanes. Players still take turns performing actions until both players pass in a row, and then you go to combat. The sequence continues across rounds, so while you can't control initiative across lanes, you can still do so across rounds. There are more rounds per game, although each round is shorter. You can get initiative spells still exist, but they've been named too quick. Um, so, I, what this is saying is that it's, uh, from what I understand, and from the rest of the uh, post, basically... You're no longer playing a game, like a, a round in each lane. You're playing the round across all of three lanes, but initiative still works the same. It's I do an action, they do an action, I do an action, and then with both players pass, combat happens. And then the last person who the person who passed first uh, goes and, and starts starts the next round. And, and like I think this is where like really artifact shines in, in that it's uh, it's shall I say the 3d every other card game is a 1d one dimensional card game, but this is like mm-hmm. a three dimensional. Cause you're playing three different lanes at once, baby. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th- yeah, this I think this helps, and this also helps with that whole change of trying to get all the th- all three lanes are going to be visible on camera at the same time. You're never actually moving. I, so, so, I'm yeah. so intrigued how they're going to get that to look. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm also very excited. Yeah, because I, I always, I don't know, I, the way Artifact looks right now, that's just like, that's just the way Artifact looks. It, like, I can't it's, it out. It, like, the the way Artifact looks right now, it's like, there's no way you can make three lanes look like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how much, like, on an Artifact game board, how, how They're going to have to really fit? use space effectively, because <laughs> yeah. 15 slots just... That's true. Oh yeah, on a regular artifact game mode or game board, it seems like it, it looks they they fit seven normally. I'm just looking at a screenshot here. So this, I guess, is going to like squish that a little bit more. And I guess I had two on the side. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. But I mean, it's yeah. I I think this is an interesting change, and it goes along with this next change. Mana. There is now a single mana pool that starts at three and increases by one per turn. Some cards and abilities are cross lane, but in general, cards only affect uh, cards only affect the lane that they're being cast from, and you need a hero in a lane to cast a card of their color. I think this may. Uh, so that I, we talked about this last week that it didn't work this way, but I think uh, I think we or I misunderstood um, how they were describing it. So even though there's a single mana pool. Uh, you can still get locked out of playing a card, but By with that hero there, you get locked out of uh, playing a card in that specific lane. So if you have like a Marana in the middle lane um, and you want to affect the middle lane, you can't play uh, like, and you only have blue cards to affect it. You can't play those blue cards, but yeah, you, you can d- play those blue cards somewhere else that has a blue hero. Yeah. So, well, but I mean, th- that adds to the colors, right? Yeah, exactly. So it makes colors matter still, yeah. Well, like this this probably means less rainbow decks. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh but I I mean I think that's fine. I don't know. I mean I like I I prefer No, I, I agree. I agree. I think I think two like you should have be have viable two color decks. As soon as you get three and four, it starts being very I mean it it makes sense that they're not viable because like just just the way your deck's gonna be broken down, like you won't get the cards you want. Mm-hmm. what you're trying to do this this uh i oh, I, for, I totally forget what my point was um was, was there anything else you wanted to add to that no no we can keep going fair enough so initiative plus mana equals harmony each action now costs at least one mana so without things like a refresh from cm you can no longer delay turns for free um so basically <sighs> this is talking about um every so all of the item cards have like a mana cost and i guess anything that you get uh, for free, we'll probably have one one mana associated with it. And I guess this also counts uh, active abilities. So active abilities that would normally uh, have been free in the past, all of them, as we've seen, have now cost one mana. Or at least one. Well, that's good, because that means you can't... Man, I, I, my voice, I don't know what happened to it. It's good, because that means you just can't like keep skipping and waiting for them to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's to- And well, there, you can, but there's a cost associated now with mm-hmm. it. Uh, which is good. And this is this is a really funny tidbit that some people latched on. Some players ignored initiative. Other players felt that controlling initiative was the main strategic concern. So we don't think it's a change that should be taken lightly. Uh, this disconnect may be responsible. <laughs> Am I other players? Am I the voice of other players? Um, it's it's pretty much every... I, I, know, I know there's a lot of people that say it, but like I feel like I've harped on this point a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember that too. I think it's everybody that actually understood the game at a base level and 
for, for what it was and understood what the strategy was. They understood that initiative was the main strategic concern. And I guess uh, call it new players, casual players didn't fully understand that or felt, I guess they probably wasn't explained to them explicitly uh, through gameplay. Just like, just cause I guess you were like switching between things or switching between lanes so often, but uh, I, th- I mean this, yeah, it, it, it was, it was probably a thing that, I don't know. I bet like experienced players like you probably thought I was like, yeah, everybody, everybody understands. Or maybe, I don't know. Did you, did you feel that way or how, how did you feel? I think the more and more I played, the more and more you'd, you'd feel like the only thing you cared about was initiative. Yeah. And like every other decision was only, yeah, the, where I, I mean, I've, I've, there's only so many times I could say this point, but uh, I feel like there would be times where it was just keep initiative and make your big play. And that was the only thing I'm playing around. Yeah. And you keep initiative cards just to get back initiative should you lose in a lane. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I'm sure we're going to have that to an extent still, but hopefully. But there's a cost. And that, like now it, it's forcing you to play because if you just keep. Uh, it, it's like. if Let's just say you are waiting for them to do as much as possible and then you do your big move, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's gonna force them to to possibly hopefully do those like devastating things earlier, so the other person can actually respond to it by playing new stuff. Um, that's a possibility. I don't know. I I think it, just having some costs, like you can't just keep like you not doing anything has to has to has to. They have to push you into actually playing cards. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. this is a good way to do that. Exactly. You can't just pass, pass, pass. Oh, this is the turn. This is the uh, lane that I care about. Play, play, play. You have to, the, the, the pass, pass, pass actually has a cost associated with it. Um, uh, but yeah, no, totally agree. It's a good, good change. I think this is a good direction for the game. Um, I, I mean, initiative is not going away. It's still a good, I think it's a good mechanic. And I, I like seeing this kind of mechanic in a, a lot of different, this sort of like, I guess it's, you can call it a push your luck type mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see, uh, see it remain. Uh, new defaults. Uh, we've been trying to move away from the very technically worded cards from the past. They were always very accurate, but sometimes it felt like you need to be a programmer mm-hmm. to work out actually what's going to happen. I think this is talking about cards that explicitly say um, this round a lot. Uh, so, for example, mm-hmm. like clear the deck says give all allied heroes uh, plus four cleave this round. Now in this, I guess, new age. You don't want to be Yu-Gi-Oh! So yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta save on those precious. And hey, man, internet's not free. You gotta save on those precious uh, data packets. If uh, too many words on screen, that, that that costs too much internet. No, but this does help. Like, I I honestly think having keywords and having and slimming down the metal card text helps a card game in general. Yeah, you don't want to feel like I. If if a Yu Gi Oh game lasts thirty minutes, you've like essentially read half of a book. So. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and I, I don't. We we don't want to read here. We're trying to play card games. It's not. It's well, not... no. My point is like your brain's so tired from just reading, you can't even like before you even consider the possibility of what the cards that you are reading do. Mm-hmm. Like your brain's already tired from like just thinking about what, like what. So you, your brain first has to process like what the card does when you do when you when you play it in Yu Gi Oh. And then your brain has to process how can I use this in the game. So you're you're just like, I mean, and that sounds very complicated, but because I guess turns like the game would only be like three turns, I guess it's not that bad. But 
Yeah. I mean, I'll stop. I'll stop harping on you. <laughs> it's it's. I don't think I don't think I've ever had problems with the way cards were worded, but I I was I I have done some programming in the past, so I guess it I don't know. It made sense to me, but. I mean, hey, a change for clarity, as long as it's all clear. And I mean, all this is saying is that any verb is until the end of round unless another duration is set and all cards with persistent effects are labeled as enchantments and last until dispelled. I, this just seems like a clarity thing. So I, I think it's just good um, overall. But the last sentence uh, in this uh, new defaults section says arrows point forward by default, but can be modified temporarily at the end of the turn or if you move the unit, its arrows reset. So this is another thing that we talked about last week. This is another rumor that was supposedly uh, arrows. Arrows are now always forward. What do you think? I, I, it feels a lot more like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, the randomness and arrows was never anything that made the game better. Um, I think having the possibility of like switching or like having certain units only go right or left, like that could be interesting. But I, I think, I think, I think they've kept the three lanes, and I think that's what an initiative system to, to some extent, which made artifact artifact. So I think any other other changes, I'm very uh, okay with. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I, yeah, I think I think this just makes the game a little easier to wrap your head around. Because okay, so like. If, if we can just talk about RNG for a second here, like the, the 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 toughest thing about RNG is the inability to play strate- strategically around it. And what I mean by that is like, there's only so many instances in the game where, like, you want to be able to calculate what's going on. But I think there was a certain point in Artifact where certain things you just couldn't calculate like you couldn't count on that so like you'd be setting up where your hero would be in a board um but you're like i have no idea if this is gonna point my arrow towards or not like it it, it's i think having basic understanding of the game will be a lot faster with arrows going forward is essentially where i was trying to get to. yeah a hundred percent because I feel like if a player is seeing like the way combat, they're like, oh, okay, the units are just slamming into each other. And they're like, okay, so if I just put it, my unit in front of the unit, they're going to slam it to each other. They didn't even have to, th- they didn't even have to think about an arrow at, at all. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think the way Richard, I think the way Garfield designed it before, I'm not like a games design person probably has more experience than me. I, I feel like the way he worded it is, it was like, okay, well the arrow is generated at the start of the round. So you have the whole round to quote unquote play around it or whatever. Um, I mean but- that's true, but I, I I think I think he was also because he could put RNG in the game. I think he wanted to. I think there was some element of that more than whatever. We we shouldn't speculate as to what. <laughs> He did, uh, well, I guess to, to that point, he did talk a lot about being very excited about creating a game that was from the ground up, a digital game. So, and that's why he said he did the unlimited board size, the unlimited hand size, because he said you can't do that in a physical game, but in a digital game, uh, yeah. very, very possible. Um, so you, you you could be right, because in a digital game, something like random arrow tracking every time a unit can we, say it down is uh, fairly I wonder good. if they, they can have like a, this like... Um arcade or like extra game or whatever inside artifact called like artifact experiment and just like taking these ideas to the maximum 
and like every week they have like a different mutator that's just ridiculous yeah i mean they they did have uh well they, there there was like an actual like mutation sort of game mode that was uh, data mined before uh artifact went into hiatus so they, they were probably experimenting with some sort of brawl type game modes and yeah they could do a random arrow thing and see you know see how people enjoy that i guess the card pool would be different but um i yeah totally agree arrows was not what made artifact artifact uh oh. them, them removing it and like you said yeah the the potential for like a hero a, a hero or i guess a creep that hooks right every single time i guess they could have done that with the old version but um with this version it i think i think it's a little bit if if, if cards do inter- i guess you don't even, you don't even need cards that change where the arrows go anymore like no before- no those cards are all gone but like those cards were also tedious shall we say because mm-hmm. they'd be like you're you're able to switch this one thing but you're actually not putting anything on the board you know <laughs> yeah 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 because because before you would need to you would need the card arrow fixing to fix like a bad arrow but now if everything's going straight by default that's generally the best case most of the time that's the best case scenario you want i mean you want to be attacking the tower you honestly to. there was a lot of cards that didn't do much <laughs> in the that's first true. version of the game like cards that you just wouldn't play ever well <laughs> I mean, this was like, uh, this was another thing. And I think we've talked about is that it was a very fundamental set. And apparently it was just only one half of the base set that was developed. <laughs> apparently the second half was already ready to go and they were just going to release it as like the, they're probably going to do like a Runeterra thing at the game's launch. They probably would have mm-hmm. just released the rest of the set. Um, so we probably did get a very gutted version with a lot of draft chaff cards. And I'm sure a lot of cards were designed specifically uh, with, with draft in mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally, yeah, I totally agree. There was just plenty of cards that were just, just don't, even, you know, if you're playing constructed, just don't even worry about it. Well, but I, I fundamentally believe that like cards that are not at least within the realm of being playable just shouldn't like it. If, if I'm deck building, right. Um, I want to look at every card and be like, what is the potential for this card? Like what, how can I synergize this with the rest of a deck or, or you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to think about when I get, when I get, there's certain cards in this game and definitely Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> um, there's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh hate this episode. Oh, I, really back to Yu-Gi-Oh. I really love Yu-Gi-Oh, but, but I, I just think there's a lot of funny things, but no, like the idea of cards that just aren't viable competitively, I think they clutter the space. And if someone's trying to build a deck and now you're going through all these cards that you're like, you shouldn't even be taking the time to read them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They're just not useful and like yeah. you can't really fit them into anything um but because they're there it's like okay now i have all these extra cards and i i don't quite know how to fit them viably if there is anything in there um to to counter that i i do this a lot i, I like to argue with myself to counter that there there is some like especially if there's like interesting abilities you could justify that like perhaps there is like some niche case or you can make this work and you just haven't thought of it um, but there are certain cards that were just like the value. I think their value was good, but it was the the thought behind, like for instance, switching uh, targets. Um, and like a lot of times, being able just to stun the target in front of you was more important than like. Uh, I guess like, switching priority was good too. It's not like all those cards were there. There's just sometimes it's like that it's it's so niche of an instance that it would be better just to have a card that would be trying to do what you're trying to do in general you know what i mean 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sorry that 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 was one of my. Uh, I think I, th- uh, I think I think I get I think I get what you're I think I get what you're saying though. Like it's I think most of the time those cards are there just for the draft mode, and that's probably how Garfield did it, just because he's familiar with um, Magic and like when designing a Magic set, you need to have there there are like a lot of cards that are there just for the draft format mm-hmm. uh, to function properly, but. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I I get the necessity and I get the the things, but I I think I think most people can agree. Artifact 1.0's card set had a lot of just you know dead dead cards uh, for the most part. But I digress. But despite those dead cards, it was still a perfect game. Anyway, that's true. This is what is it was a card. It was still a perfect game. Keyword still changes. perfect game. Armor. So I realized I described armor actually incorrectly earlier. Um, armor oh caused some issues. Early development. We're gonna was... we're gonna get a comment about that. I know before they listen to the rest of the episode. Listen to the episode. But I apologize. I shouldn't be saying stuff that I don't. Uh, I don't know. Um, it also. I also like of... to say. Sorry, I I I know Go I'm doing it, a lot of comedic or terrible comedic bits this episode, but I'd also like to say that armor is spelled incorrectly. You may continue. You know. Wait, is this the American way of spelling armor? It is the American way of spelling it. Okay, I think I, I probably spell armor this way because armor it's the color and it, color is the same thing. Color and America, we're, we're both Canadian, uh, is with the U and armor as the the U, and this is the O. It's kind of interesting. I, I didn't realize that armor was spelled both ways. Okay, regardless, I'm actually now, gonna look this up now because now I made a fool of myself. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. British English, it's yeah, it's with an OU. Okay, all right. Now each point of armor, however you spell that, can block one point of damage and is refreshed at the beginning of the round. So, oh, so yeah, so it's still, it's the thing you. Oh, that only makes have, so much sense. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's the thing you only have to deal with. So if you want to break the armor you can break it, but then it's broken for like before combat. Let's say if, if that's what the purpose that you're doing it for. Um, it's not just soldier a soldier goes to battle. Armor gets kind of dented in the battle. Yeah. They go back at the end of the round, they refresh it and then they have it back, you know, mm-hmm. they the, can't fix it while combat's happening. <laughs> an interesting tidbit um, from earlier in that paragraph, early in development, we ended up doubling all stat values to compensate for how dramatic the impact a single point of armor was, which I, and I also say it out also added a lot of math. We had multiple damage sources, but I mean, that's really funny. If like that, I mean, that was, if that was the, uh, um, the impact, but yeah, cause armor, yeah, armor was super great. If you had like a, if you had a hero with, with like six armor, seven armor, you just didn't worry anymore like that that was just it i don't think there was anything that i mean there was pierce pierce uh obviously pierced armor but yeah there was very few things that just like broke it i don't even think there was like was there any i don't remember if there was cards that just completely broke armor or or, or something Wait, like that made armor overpowered sorry uh yeah there were you're talking about that destroyed armor or that made armor really strong i'm I'm saying that when you had a lot of armor in 1.0 you just didn't have to worry anymore and i don't think there was a lot of counterplay i think that's all i'm just trying to yeah say. armor and regen and like it'd just be like okay like i can't kill this unit mm-hmm. unless i can um, do uh piercing damage exactly i, I think there's a good change uh, do, do you agree yep yeah Good change, good change all around. Uh, cleave slash siege. These used to be dependent on the unit being blocked to function. Now they're active all the time. Uh, makes sense. I don't even remember if I had a. I don't even remember if I thought otherwise. I always kind of thought cleave. It's going to cleave regardless of if it's hitting the tower. Um, so if you if you swung a giant axe, 
and there was no one in the middle, but you hit the two people beside it, I think you should still hit them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I, th- I think this is like a good... Uh, yeah, it's a good win. And then I guess Siege, the... I guess previously, I thought Siege was always applied. I didn't realize it needed to be blocked in order for the Siege damage. So well, I guess yeah, but no, 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 because you do direct damage. Okay, but I thought... But I guess the Siege wasn't applied on top of that. No, it wasn't. So now it is. So okay. now if you have nothing in front of you, you're doing your normal damage and the siege damage. And the siege damage, yeah. I think these are good changes. Uh, I think yeah, it makes sense to me. I think it was good. It's more numbers, more, I guess, the the it feels more consistent. It doesn't feel, uh, I guess, conditional before. I didn't even know it worked that way. So that's, I mean, used to me, the artifact, uh, number one artifact or fan over here. Um, feeble. Feeble that is, is true. I'm not sorry. Can I just say, like, Nikita is a huge fan of the game. I, 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 I'm probably more of a fan of everything surrounding it, other than like. Wow. I was, I was a the big fan of the comes out. I play, I played a good. Hey, I played a good amount of artifact. I made no, the we, team, we, I made a tabletop simulator mod. I played it on that, so I was, you know, I was a number one stan. Um, but listen, I think a lot of people have surpassed me. Listen, I think the truth is that. If we didn't enjoy this game, the first iteration of the game, we'd not be still talking about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. This far down the road, yeah. Like two years later, yeah. Um, Feeble. Feeble is new to the game, but we want to talk about it anyway so we could show off one basic hero reworks. Each unit attacking a Feeble unit will deal excess damage to the tower instead. So if a 4-3 Debbie is blocked by a 1-3 unit and uses no accident, leaving it. So um, it's essentially reverse trample. So... It's basically trample only if this unit specifically is being hit with an excess amount of damage. So instead of, I guess, like overwhelm. Uh, I, in- I like this because it over the overwhelm type cards are or trample cards are. They can get really oppressive. <laughs> exactly. And I think this is a I, it's an interesting way to tackle trample or overwhelm or whatever sort of excess damage type uh, keyword you want to call it. I don't think it's been. To, I don't know of any other game that does it. This I don't way. know of any game that does this. This is interesting. I like yeah. it. So yeah, great. It's a ter- terrific way, and I look forward to seeing it uh, how it plays out. Card unlocks. All players will unlock cards playing in any mode. The pace should be such that players are excited getting fun cards to play with, but aren't overwhelmed when they see too many new cards being played by an opponent. Just love yeah. It. Um, so I think in this yeah in this section they're basically just saying that. Uh, Oh, actually, oh, here's, a, here's an interesting tip. But even hero draft, even pulls from the combined set of cards that you and your opponent have unlocked to keep things extra fair. Eventually, these players can switch to rank mode and automated tournaments if they want to experience a more competitive environment. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that 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 is the biggest thing. I think they put that in because that's the biggest thing that people have questions about is, I mean, I think objectively, you can say the biggest problem with Artifact 1.0 was its economy system. Uh, and this is like, they're doing the Dota thing, which I think everybody expected them to do, and now they're actually doing it, which is give gameplay components for free. And try to monetize uh, yeah. cosmetics. Cos- I mean, but I think that's the push everywhere, because I like, I hate it, but like after a certain time of playing any game, especially if you really enjoy it, you'll eventually buy like a cosmetic or two, right? And then there's the whales, but I digress. <laughs> But one thing that they haven't mentioned uh, when talking about this, and they actually haven't mentioned anywhere, and we don't have any sources or rumors, is if Artifact is keeping the $20 price tag. This seems to be a big no. sort of mystery still. I no, don't it, do that these it days. Can, yeah. It cannot. It cannot have initial base costs because, like, are, are you going up against Legends of Terra? 
a free game that's also going to be a mobile and going to have a twenty dollar cost. Like, with all due respect, you're not going to have anyone playing except I mean, for the people that are already here. I mean, you you could say Legends of Jedi, you could say Hearthstone, you could say Shadowverse, you could say I, Magic the Gathering online. I think there's is just straight up no remotely popular card game out there with a i mean you could say like slay the spire or like multiplayer competitive card game that has an upfront cost i don't think that's a thing that anybody does anymore uh but maybe artifact will change the industry in this way i don't know probably not um you would need okay all right let let me entertain this idea for i i there's a single player thing later on they would literally need like the greatest single player Actually, no. They just need like cinematics and like an actual single player that that feels like a. Honestly, I'm thinking of StarCraft, but like a Dota like playthrough where you're like doing these like big battle scenes and like you'll do like a mini mission and there'll be a bunch of puzzles, but they'll be like with like it would have to to justify initial price tag. There'd have to be a campaign that would that sh- that could justify like a campaign price if that makes sense. But wouldn't you um, say? the better of that is the hearthstone model where they have a single player campaign but it's a behind a paywall within the game so you get like the game oh is- no i completely agree with you i'm just saying the only way to justify an initial price on your okay. game would be like an like not not like the hearthstone campaign like i'm talking like like i'm thinking starcraft like i'm thinking like you cut scenes like the whole shebang right yeah, like yeah. an actual game game that's based somehow based off cards. Um, but like, that's the only way you could ever justify the $20 is all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's be- that, that hearts to that, that, like I said, I think it's a terrible idea to, to have initial price, but if you were to have an initial price, you would have to have like a fully fledged, you know what I mean? Like crazy cinematics and, and like Dota players would have to be interested. Cause it would be like some kind of lore that they can't experience. Like there would have to be a movie made essentially within <laughs> your campaign to justify initial price is what i'm saying i mean they're probably if they start doing that they're gonna have to justify uh they're probably gonna have to upcharge the the 20 dollars they were talking about like a oh 60. no it'd be like a 40 50 game no no yeah. but it would have to be like that's what i'm saying like yeah 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 it yeah the justification has to be there currently the justification for buying artifact is you get packs and tickets equal to a little bit no, more that, it's not a justification no. exactly yeah it's not um yeah I, yeah i completely agree i don't i really hope they don't i really hope it is free to play because i think these days that's the only way you can get someone to play your game or try out your game is making it free. you are in an oversaturated market exactly all right with legends of terra like like really pushing right now um and you know i kind of want to say like this is actually a good moment to to release an artifact 2.0 because because i think i think hearthstone's kind of like hearthstone's doing still very well but like i think there's something about like that it's where those players are at a point where like i would try out like an artifact you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i think players that have played magic played hearthstone are, are kind of at a point now it's like yeah let me try something a little different you know if they've kind of yeah. got tired of those types of game that version of the game really release the beta valve you know i know it's like you know it's trouble everybody's at home anyways you know uh just give, give us something to do i yeah why the hell not uh just to round out this post um it ends with talking about feedback uh talking about having a more robust robust progression system 
Um, you, the whole reward for investment thing, which was another big, uh, I guess, disappointment with Artifact, even though Gabe Newell talked about it in his initial uh, pitch for the game when they revealed it all the uh, time ago. Quality of life features like tracking your competitive rank, statistics, player profiles, match histories, replays, uh, chat history, ability to spectate friends, access to more game modes, challenging friends, saving templates for, for tournament settings. So basically all this stuff. Chat that... history. Oh no, they don't want to know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I hope that's not saved anywhere. I don't want to, <laughs> but actually, uh, maybe, no, I, I digress. No, uh, let me, let me, let me flip that one. Actually, I do want it so I can see all the terrible, terrible things people have said about me. And then I go yes, forth. Yes, the of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, all of these features, I think they were, uh, speculated and rumored uh, confirmed that to be have been in development for 1.0 but they just decided to release the game before them but it just ended up making the current game feel very bare bones and not uh appealing to try out but um i think these are all expected features nowadays i mean actually no no they're not uh replays are replays in every are replays no. in any other card game no yeah, it's like a chess thing. You could have like you could list out stuff that's happened in like a text form, but they're they in- they have like what happened in previous turns. Yeah, and they'll they'll have mods on the games like in Hearthstone. You can have a uh, like essentially like a mo- like a third party thing you use, but no, there's yeah, nothing yeah, within the games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hey. There you go. There's that industry shaking stuff that nobody other has. Yeah, I mean, the tournament system already, I think, is like Artifact's the only game that does like a tournament system where the players can run the tournament. Um, but don't make it look like Age of Empires 1. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We got, we definitely got into that last two weeks ago. I remember no, that. No, no, Okay. I, I, it's the Artifact tournament is fine. I, I just think they're, if when they have more official tournaments and stuff, there has to be a way to kind of have it very visible in the client for those mm-hmm. kind of loading in for sure. And I, yeah, I hope that's, yeah, I think that's going to be another, another feature that that actually does make the, uh, the players in a card game store experience happen is having that kind of, that kind of stuff. And that's why like custom servers for video games are good. And you want to, you want to have all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, to round this out, finally, it talks about single player. A lot of you recognize the potential for telling stories in the Dota world through artifact and loved what we already done through comics and flavor text. They're doubling that down and they're going to continue that story that began with Call to Arms. Uh, yeah, so that was like a that was like a big piece of news that kind of dropped that got everybody kind of excited because, hey, it's, you know, it's a uh, it's like single player content coming from from Valve and that they haven't done. They did, they did it with Underlord sort of with City Crawl, which is a terrific, um, you know, that basically took the the auto chess formula and they like did every which way you could like with the puzzles and with the different like game modes and it oh, awesome. made for a very yeah it made for a really awesome uh single player experience that I, I i still enjoy playing and with a card game i feel like the sky's the limit like all of that sort of stuff is just easier to do easier to like fiddle with so yeah i'm super excited single player yeah and, and for me like i think because the actual card game tends to be more complex, I like campaigns that are a lot more like bite-sized puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might not be for everyone. Other people might want stuff that's like a little more expanded, complex, creative. So it just depends on the person, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. So I guess just to conclude, so those are the two weeks of info. Um, significantly more info than we had, I think, last episode. I, 
I think it's a good thing we're doing bi-weekly. Like we we're yeah. getting like a, it's it's a it's a nice chunk to talk about. So exactly, and well, I mean, what's left? Like shop phase, and then I don't know. I guess you could get into spoiler season. You know, hey, why, hey, Valve, why not? Uh, if you're listening, give us give us card spoiler. Why the hell not? You know? oh, if Valve gave us, I would be so happy. If Valve, Who, who's left to like? Who's left in the community to? to no, give no, up? they have they have a lot of they have a lot of people. But like, if we could just get like a card or two, oh my goodness i'd be so excited no, that would be it would be nice i don't expect it obviously i don't i'm not saying we deserve it or anything like i'm asking yeah. well i don't know asking i would be very happy that, yeah that's all um, um yeah so we, we got a whole other spoiler season to like look forward to i guess we've been going over spoilers every every week but uh we're now now that we're actually getting more of the rules as soon as we get the shopping phase we have a very good representation i've actually if you're if anybody's interested i made a tabletop simulator uh mod for artifact 2.0 and i've been uploading all the cards that have been getting slowly revealed so once we have a full vision of the rules but no means to play them play it on tabletop simulator people did that with 1.0 i made the mod for 1.0 and it, it worked out great people ran tournaments on that thing. wow yeah, it was crazy you are definitely one if not the biggest one of the biggest fans <laughs> of this game that's true i don't i don't know why i don't know why because i was never actually particularly good at artifacts but i do enjoy everything uh surrounding it and i didn't did enjoy playing it during the time that i guess during its peak uh but yeah check that out uh, on tabletop in the workshop if you just look up artifact 2.0 you'll see it there um but yeah. yeah uh what's i mean we I'm I'm ready for more news. Give us it is it is moon day, my dudes. Give me that and just inject it straight in. I want more. We're yeah, so if, if, if I can say I can't I can't wait for this new uh uh you know the new brush that's gonna be painted on to artifact, dare exactly. I say. I hope it I hope it's a success. I hope they achieve everything they wanted with with this game and and it gets done because it seems like they took a lot of the feedback to heart and it's 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 showing. I like I'm I, I'm seeing a lot of the stuff addressed and I don't really have, I, I feel like I understand these rules more better. I don't know if it's just cause I'm like older and I've played more card games since artifact 1.0, but when artifact 1.0 rules, I come out, I remember thinking a couple of things like, oh, okay, that's an interesting way of doing that. It's kind of weird, but with this kind of stuff, I'm just like, okay, cool. Makes sense to me. I don't, that, that's just like an anecdotal thing that probably doesn't mean anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready and hyped. And I think, yeah. Any, any final I, words, Rob? I, Listen, I you know you know what I think I enjoy the most about the, every time we do this artifact episode is that like I get more and more hyped every <laughs> so yeah. <we> like <laughs> yeah th- that's right we're we're doing these episodes for ourselves okay it's not right. not yeah. for any of you listen um I, I, we gotta get out of here that's true but just everybody remember 1.0 was also hyped up very much 1.0 was actually hyped up to be the savior of all card games so we gotta we should have a very we should have a level head we should have a level head and we should be critical when we can here's the difference i'm hyped and excited to play this game i have no illusions or or maybe what's the word i am Whatever happens with the game happens. That's, like, that's kind of my approach. I'm very hyped and excited to try out this new game and try out the things that developers are working on. And they're working so hard. And it, it just it, everything they've showed us so far, I'm, I'm really excited for. Um, do I think Artifact is going to be, uh, you know, the game that takes over? Uh, probably not. Do I hope we're going to have like a fan base that's closer to 50,000, 100,000 people? Like, that'd be great. Like, that would yeah. be amazing. That would be far surpassed anything I can. Uh, 
visibly see at this point or perceive. So like that's that's uh that'd be really cool, you know, like a bigger community. Agreed. But yeah. uh and I I don't need it to be the I mean what's it called? Baby steps, you know? First let's sure. let's let's get this amazing game out, then let's start growing the community again. I think that's the way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well well said. Uh do you wanna do you wanna close this out? This has been the Artifact Super <laughs> Super Awesome Podcast. I just I love saying that. Yeah. Uh my name is Les Zero. Uh I'm joined by Nikita every two weeks now. And we shall see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.